Welcome to this week's Eccentric Minute, brought to you by Eccentric. This week's Eccentric Minute is the K-Box One-Arm Row. This is a great exercise to tick quite a few boxes when it comes to your training with the Eccentric K-Box. For this, set the strap and give the wheel a spin. I really like using that toe plate as a support for the back leg to allow me to really get my hips back and hold my position. From there, you're going to try to fight that huge eccentric load when it's pulling you down to not let your shoulders fall too far and give a really big hard pull driving your shoulders back and your elbow back behind you. Keys to this are just to make sure that you're braced the whole time through and you're ready because when that thing starts pulling you back down, it's really going to try to break your posture. Again, this is a huge bang for your buck exercise and one that I'm sure that you and your athletes are going to love so give the one-arm row on the K-Box a try. I'm sure you won't be disappointed. I really hope you enjoyed this week's Eccentric Minute. Make sure you check them out at eccentric.com to find out everything you need about the K-Box and the K-Pulley. Being a strength and conditioning professional requires constant pursuit of better knowledge, better methods, and better means. But what if there was a place where strength and conditioning coaches could learn from some of the most innovative practitioners in the world, such as Jeff Moyer, Lachlan Wilmot, William Wayland, James the Thinker Smith, and Kirwenham Flat. Well, you could find multiple lectures from each of these top-level coaches and a few lectures and examples from yours truly as well, all in the Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is going to bring you well over a hundred different lectures from some of the top practitioners in the world to be your one-stop shop for your continuing education and professional development. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Courtney, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, listen, I, I'm fired up with this one. We uh, got a chance to chop it up here a little bit. But before we get too far into the meat and potatoes of this, you know, who is Courtney? Where are you at? And how'd you get up there to, uh, to Oregon? Yeah, I'm so happy to be on this. I'm like just basic Wisconsin girl, I feel like. I'm born and raised in Wisconsin. I ran track at Wisconsin. I was a walk-on onto that team. Um, my strength coach there got me into strength conditioning. I had, I've had amazing strength coaches in my life and, um, they got me into it. Uh, Jeff Zolke at Wisconsin, phenomenal guy. He was like, you should do this for real. Like if you, if you liken this, like I did an internship at Texas, that would be a really cool job for you. You should, you should look into that. He said, go to Texas. I went to Texas, um, worked with coach Mabe out at Texas with the volleyball team out there unbelievable program I learned so much being with him um I worked my butt off there and I learned a lot of lessons I made a ton of terrible mistakes as an intern just dumb stuff that I'm like gosh I'm glad I did those early because then I, the next job I got was out at um army uh, and that was my first real human strength job and loved it out there I was there for two years I worked with um the men's basketball team and women's volleyball um and then two and a half years later then i uh got the job out here at oregon um really th through adam lennon's great relationships at conferences that that helped me get that job and when 
I got a call from Kelly Graves and he was like, hey, uh, you want to come and work with Sabrina Ionescu out here at uh, Oregon? I was like, in the mountains, West Coast, like, that's my life. I was like, I'm all for it. So came out here and been loving it ever since. It's phenomenal. It's a rad voyage too, you know, to go from the Midwest down to Texas to Army. Yeah. And then to get the opportunity for people who don't know who Sabrina is, to work with statistically the best college basketball player to ever play, sure. like period, mm-hmm. um, that's pretty rad, dude. Really cool. And I, I don't think that I even understood it as much. I mean, I guess I, I in all honesty, I never played basketball, so I never really followed outside once I started working with the men's team at army I was a big I loved volleyball for a long time I was like I'm gonna be a volleyball coach like I that's I want to be volleyball strength and conditioning that's like my thing I loved it when I was at Texas and happy to work with them at army and when I started working with the men's basketball team I loved I I fell in love with it right away and I never followed women's basketball and when I when that job came up for to work with women's basketball out at, at Oregon I was like man I gotta look into this and I'm I'm reading about it a little bit and I'm like holy crap like I don't think I realized when I first was interested in the job where the level that they were at I just I didn't have a concept of it and one of my roommates was like do you know you don't know who Sabrina Ionescu is and I was like no I'm, I'm I feel bad maybe I should right like and she was like man you gotta you, you need to she showed me some videos she had YouTube up on the TV we were watching highlights and stuff and yeah, and then when I got out there, I was like, man, she's a, she's a different kind of person. So it was, it was, it's been cool to work with her, amazing people out there. It's, it was a good fit. Yeah, and then looking back at it to get to that point, I think something that a lot of us really um, maybe overstep in a direction is looking at things, how track relates to what we do because it's so – simplest uh simplicity you know with the with the measurements right like Mm -hmm. did you get faster or not did you throw it further or not did you throw yourself over a stick higher in the air with another stick or not like what you got to do which i could i've jumped out of three airplanes i could never imagine doing that um so let's talk first about how track and being a pole vaulter has impacted your direction as a performance coach yeah um I did gymnastics my whole life, actually. I started pole vaulting the end of my college career, the end of my um, high school career. And because my dad was a decathlete and he was like, gymnasts make great pole vaulters. So um, gymnastics, I think, actually really influenced me as a strength coach because I never, I know it seems weird, I never lifted as a gymnast, but I think gymnastics really taught me like how important strength is um, and that you can achieve, you can, you can be strong and not not be squat. I never squatted in my life. I'd never deadlifted in my life. Um, and the, I think when I transitioned into track, I learned so much more about like some of the foundational principles, even though I don't think I realized I was learning them. Um, but the foundations of like contact time and how important contact time is in sport and learning about a stimulus. Stimulus is what's important. I had, I'm thankful that I had a strength coach that taught us that along the way, but 
he was like, we're looking, we're not looking for a specific movement right now. We're looking for a stimulus in here. This, so I don't, I don't really care how you achieve that stimulus. We, there's some introduction into it, obviously, but it's about the stimulus. I, I want you to be able to jump high. We need a good stimulus and learning about peaking and, and that kind of stuff. I, I mean, it was just part of the programming there, which I think he did a great job of helping us understand what we were actually doing. Cause that's, there's track is a lot of athletes to be able to convey what what's happening, why it's going this way. And he did an awesome job and I'm so grateful for him, but I, I pole vaulting was probably one of the most aggressive like trainings I've ever done. Gymnastics definitely. Um, but I think when I started pole vaulting, I, I actually realized like, wow, it, it's so simple. If I get faster and stronger, I will be able to get onto a, a bigger pole, which will be able to propel me higher. So it was, it was pretty much that simple. It was like faster and stronger over and over, keep doing it and you'll be able to jump higher. So it was, the correlation made sense to me. <laughs> no, that's rad. And I think that what is, what's most important there is being able to learn a lesson that unfortunately, you know, like an old person like me took a long time or some sort of like in the face moment, right? Where it's like, the what doesn't matter. The stimulus is what matters. And what is driving the adaptation may not necessarily be, oh, are you back squatting or rear foot elevated split squatting? Are you deadlifting or trap bar deadlifting? It's just what are you utilizing here to elicit an adaptation based upon the stress response that's going to be predetermined through the load that you're applying? For sure. Totally. And I think gymnastics helped me realize too that it's like movement quality matters um, and it needs to feel good for you. I, so often in gymnastics, athletes pick what what's right for them. You'll try out a couple skills and then later down the road, you'll, you kind of start narrowing it down. Oh, I didn't really, I don't really like doing that. Or I, I really like doing this and it feels good to do this. It feels good to do this harder and more. And, and you kind of help do that little self-selection. And when I realized that with track, it was like, does this movement feel good to you? Does this, does it, do you feel like you can really put your foot in the ground and go hard on this? Or do you feel unstable doing that? Maybe we're, that's, that's not the, your strong point here. Let's, let's find a different realm and work on that. And I, I, I loved that. When you find an exercise as an athlete that you're like, oh yeah, I can rip it and go on this. Like that feels good. Nothing, nothing's worse than being told like you need to go heavier. I want you to do this faster when you don't feel good doing something like that's yeah. I, it doesn't make sense to me to do that, but there's, I'm, I'm sure there's people who would tell me I'm wrong. So. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I probably would uh, argue that they would be wrong because when you're talking about the importance of movement quality and autonomy with an athlete, I think especially in the 21st century now, right? Like this isn't like back in 1997 when I was in college and it was just like, if coach told you, you're going to run through that brick wall, you better make sure there's sand. Like yep. it's a different world. And, and athletes now have such a greater understanding of their P's and Q's as to what's going on with them, that if you're still in a situation where it's my way or the highway, I think that uh, you're the one that's going to get kicked out of the car, I guess we could say. Yeah, for sure. And I think it takes some time, right? Like if you have a novice, completely novice in the weight room, like 
they, they don't get to just pick whatever they want to do, you know, like I've, and I have plenty of those, I, probably more on the basketball side right now at, uh, at Oregon, but a lot of my softball players have lifted before and have, have a, a decent competency of the weight room. And um, I usually, I need at least a year, I think that I want to see them get proficient and front squat is a big one for me. Like I really, I really want to be, see a phenomenal goblet squat. And then I want to see a phenomenal front squat. If you're great at those two, you totally have the option to back squat. We can, we can overhead squat, we can whatever. Um, but I, I really like to have a couple, you know, I want to see you get really good at this first and prove to me that you really know how to create good, strong posture and get a good setup. And once you can show me that you can do that stuff, then we could, then you get a little variety. You can do a little split stance. You can do a little, that kind of stuff. So I, I think in the beginning, you really have to kind of, you have to have some direction to your program, but after that, I love seeing athletes lead it. I love seeing, I love an athlete coming in telling me on a, on a voluntary little off day thing, them coming in and say, I really, I, I just, I feel like I want to do the, that split squat jammer arm drive, like them telling me that stuff. I'm like, hell yeah, we can do that. Let's set it up. Come on, let's go. They, I love when they get excited about that stuff. So. Well, and the best part too, is when they start to assist in those decisions, because you've allowed them the opportunity to experiment a little bit. Allowed maybe isn't the right term for like a freshman, maybe forced in a way them to experiment and them to start to figure out and be like, you're like, I see the benefits in that, but that doesn't feel right for me. Maybe going and then yeah. listening to them with their minor tweaks and turns to it. It's like, that's, what's fun. You know, like it, it, when they figure it out a bit. I think them being curious about their bodies, you have to keep, keep them on top of that type of curiosity. Why does this not feel good to me? Does it feel, does it not feel good because I don't have good trunk stabilization? I need to get better at my, my hips. I'm really anterior. I have a ton of anterior pelvic tilt. Like, is that why I'm getting a little pinching up front or you have, to, they need to be curious about that. Like, why, why does this not feel good? If it doesn't feel good because that it's just not a good movement for my body, that's fine. But if it doesn't feel good because we've, we're really weak in our posterior chain and I'm having a really hard time keeping good upright posture, we maybe we got to work on that a little bit and then it might start feeling good, you know? And so I think they helping them figure out, like, I should be curious about why this feels good or doesn't feel good. That's, I think that that's a big first step. If they're not asking those questions, if they're not, if they're not consciously trying to feel their body as they're doing something, feel that movement, how does this feel to me? They have to do those kind of self-assessments and and that starts your freshman year you have to you have to be curious your freshman year totally and i think that a byproduct of that that maybe we get a little bit too bogged down in is our kind of progressions and regressions with exercise because it's like oh well you did x so now you need to be at y mm -hmm. because that's just that's how i drew it on a whiteboard so that yep. means that's what's important when in reality like maybe X is all that kid needs. Like, mm -hmm. you know, people are going to say, oh, boring, monotony, blah, blah, blah. But they're 18 to 22 years old. Maybe just a general reverse lunge is all they're going to need because their Achilles can't handle another load or sure. shooting forward. They just don't have the, the flexibility in that patella tendon or the ability to really close that knee off like we want for them to develop that resiliency like there's a trillion different reasons that 
no pun intended, could hamstring somebody in this, why are we continually trying to just like push them further and further forward when maybe they're already at the ledge? Mm -hmm. I love the, I, I had a strength coach at, at Army, another uh, coworker of mine. He works with, he worked with hockey there. He, I, I really changed my, I like, I was on that progression model, like of we start with this and then once you're doing that, then we move to this and then this. And he, I, I had my players tell me one time, they were like, I really like that we've been doing, it seems silly now to me, but they were like, I really like that we've been doing um, these goblet squats for at that point it had been almost five weeks and they're like I really feel like I can see myself getting stronger at this instead of me just switching them to another thing because they're getting proficient at that like why why if they haven't tapped that out at all like why switch it if it if it feels good to them it's working right now especially for not like I think I think of like my women's volleyball team at army there they they needed some time to one figure that movement out and then two realize okay this is where I'm at right now this was a hard set of five for me next week I need to I need to go heavier than that I can I can do a little bit heavier set of five there and I know it sounds so simple but it was like for me I realized wow they they need a little bit more time doing this kind of stuff they like and I, I think we love to move them along we love just kind of let's get to some of the fancier things and it's like you don't have to, you don't, especially with people who don't spend a ton of time in the weight room. We might need it as strength coaches, but they don't. No. And especially like in the crazy world of college basketball that we live in, where their off season is like 72 hours, you know, yeah. like it all comes back to that same thing that you started with when you were talking about the lessons you learned with, gymnastics and then being in track is movement quality is so important and, and if we aren't allowing them to actually get good at these simple things what are we doing mm -hmm. like are right. we just are we just babysitting or are we trying to entertain ourselves yep. or or you know is our programming more about what looks cool or what's best for the kids for sure and that kind of brings it around to what we were talking about before and that's tying that programming aspect in with the movement quality and the simplicity of it has really been a driving factor for what you've been able to do mm -hmm. yeah I, definitely i'm i like the i like simple stuff especially for people that don't spend a ton of time in the weight room. Like I love my personal programming. Like I love to do all the weird stuff. That's, that's fun, of course. But like, I've had time in the weight room to, to work on just trap bar deadlift over and over and over and figure out what my, the setup position for me, what that feels like, what that right position feels like. And it's, it's different. It, it started out different and I moved to a different spot, you know? And if you don't, if your athletes aren't, aren't, having the exposures, number of exposures, right? If we're only lifting twice a week, it takes a lot of weeks to start accumulating enough exposures that they really feel comfortable in that movement. And I, I think giving them those opportunities to, I mean, when you get into that fine little space where they start saying, yeah, I think, I feel like I just set up a little bit too hyperextended, you know, like that, that might've been a little bit more than what I needed, you know, and, and I lost it when I took it off the ground. And, 
I want them to be able to feel that, not just me say, or videotape them and say, do you see this? Do you see how you're moving? I want them to feel it and know, oh, okay. Then, then they can self-correct without me watching every single rep. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. You know what else I think is fun? And this is something I've gotten to do with some of my younger guys this year is it's a guy I talk with them about who they're friends with and all this and that. When you see their friends on Instagram, you know, cause coaches post it, be like, so what do you think? Like, what would you, what do you think of this rep? What do you think of that? And just have them kind of critique their buddies. Yeah. And it's like, good. So now you can see it. So let's not be a knucklehead and let's yep. do it right and, and figure it out that way. Yeah. I, when I went to, uh, when I was at Texas, I went out to Baylor to, to watch Candace Walls coach a day. I was like, uh, my, the strength coach at Wisconsin, he interned with Candace at Texas. Um, Jeff Sulky had interned with Candace and he was like, Candace is at Baylor right now. Like you should go out and you're close enough, like go out and watch your coach. And one of the things that she did that uh, plenty of other strength coaches do, it's just my first time seeing it was she was having the other athletes stand there and relay the coaching cues that they had just talked about to their teammate. And just the fact that now, once I know those cues, I need to be able to teach it. That helps you learn them. I started doing that with my softball team saying, here's an iPad. Like I want, I want one of these, uh, one of the reps recorded and you guys go through and look at it and say, slow it down, be able to slow it down and, and say, um, yeah, you know, she's, she is, she's, she's loose. She's not getting those shoulder blades down and back nice and tight shoulders packed in. She's missing that right now. And when they, when they, they can slow it down, I think it's a little, sometimes it's too fast for them in real life, but when they can slow it down a little bit and, and be able to see it and talk it through, I, I feel like that helped us a ton. I, I, my softball team at Oregon got so much better at a good solid trap bar deadlift. I was pumped about it. Yeah. And that's fun. You know, like yeah. being able to step back and watch them not just display that they have the education aspect of it and that maybe they actually were paying attention but mm -hmm. to watch them have the ownership and be able to drive things forward is really really cool and not be me not being the only voice in there you know like we talk about them leading this program and i i want i have a ton of upperclassmen who really know how to pull that bar off the ground but there's a lot of freshmen who don't so like I, I need you. This is an opportunity for you to share that skill set that you have, you know, and th sometimes they relay better information than I could. Like they, they might say, oh, you know, one thing that I think about when I'm doing it is something softball related that I, I couldn't have applied to that. Or I had uh, nothing's better than having a upperclassman give guidance that you would want to hear to your underclassmen because they take it to heart when it's those upperclassmen that are saying it. It's a big difference. Yes, comma. It's also like I've been saying that the whole time too, guys. You know? <laughs> you know, for sure, for sure. Yep. We sometimes we get they hear our voice enough. They're like, we get just droned out a little bit. Well, I mean, sometimes I think that we hear our voice enough too, and we drone yeah. ourselves out because it's just like, uh -huh. do I have to tell you this one more time? Sure, I know. And it's like I I love the idea that like you you got to keep trying different cues you know like that one cue might not work for them and sometimes i get tapped on like 
creativity I can come with. I'm like, okay, um, let's, let's think about it like you're an astronaut in space and you know, I'm, I get, I, I get tapped out. I, I can't come up with other options, you know, and I need other ideas. And sometimes the best ones come from your athletes. Yeah. But then even to go again and circle back, that also could be a time where you look at it and you're like, you know, this just isn't working. Like this movement just doesn't work. Like I've got one kid who like you would look at him and, and people like comment all the time. They're like, he's super skinny. He can't be strong. It's like, it's an and one a game. He, he averages like two blocks in under 10 minutes. Yep. He's super strong. Like don't confuse skinny for strong, but sometimes mm -hmm. skinny doesn't bend good neither. So like he can goblet squat with his heels elevated. You put a bar on his shoulders and it's like, good God, get away, get away, drop stop. it, <laughs> run, like stop. You know, but it's like front squatting is not for him. Like mm -hmm. why am I going to force a basketball player to do a weightlifting derivative when it doesn't matter? A hundred percent. I totally agree. A hundred percent. There's, the, I have plenty of athletes that like, I'm like, oh, you're, we have, we just got a, um, a belt squat in our basketball weight room. We didn't have anything like that before, which is awesome. We have a, a nice little Kaiser one. And I have, I have a player that has, uh, a, had had a serious lower leg injury and has really, really limited dorsiflexion. And I'm like, you know, for our heavy stimulus, this might be right for you. You know, like, let's, let's go over here. Let's try it out. Went on there. She was like, this feels so smooth. I feel like I can actually like be strong in my legs on this. Like for the first time, it's a movement that actually, and does that mean that we don't ever do move like other movements that are not on a belt? Of course. Yeah. Like she does rear foot elevated split squat. Um, but there's, there's just, you, you can't just, everyone has to do either back squat or front squat or no, it's, a, it's about the stimulus again. It's like, she needs a, we need a heavy stimulus for the day, or we need a, a, a moderately fast stimulus today. Like whatever it is, you, you just, you got to find the right one for them. And her body is limiting her in that. And particularly from an injury too, where she, she isn't going to regain some of that mobility because of how it healed. And it's like, I, I want her to have a successful career. Am I going to just say, no, we just got to hammer this over and over and eventually you're going to get it. It's like, come on. She's, she's a phenomenal basketball player. Like I need to help her be that phenomenal basketball player. Well, and two, right. Then we're going to go back to psychological aspect of it. It's like, if she sits there, does that goes, I feel strong when I do this. It, as the numbers nerd, right. Mm -hmm. That I am. Who cares what anything else says? She literally just told you this mm -hmm. is going to help her play better because she feels like she's stronger. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you put Twinkies on the freaking rack and that's what yeah. the thing, like if that's what they're telling you is helping them and you fight against that, mm -hmm. you have now become the biggest hindrance to their development, not their For biggest sure. asset. And that's yep. where a lot of us get in our own way. We, for sure, we get stuck in, in what we like and, and what we see has been done over and over and what they should be able to do. And it's like, get, I'm, yeah, I'm done with that. That's not. <laughs> no, 100%. You know, like dynamic correspondence is a huge thing to what we all do, whether we call it that or transfer training or whatever we want. But at the end of the day, 
if they show up loathing the experience, it hurts or makes them feel uncomfortable and decreases their confidence. I don't care how perfect their extensive jumps are or how high they can mm -hmm. hit a depth jump or how far they can throw a med ball. It's not worth it. Right. It's court transfer. It's yeah, I agree. hundred percent. She's a, that some of the, some of the weirdest movers I have in the weight room are some of the best athletes. And so you, but when you put them in an exercise that feels good to them, and you see them, oh, wow, like this is their, this is that strength for them. Like, then you realize like, okay, it's not, it can't be all your best fronts. Everyone knows that, right? All your best front squatter, all your back squatters are not your best players, right? Like it just, it's, it's simple like that. I do think like uh, if it's a sports, but like sprinting, like a good acceleration, if that's in your, in your skill, that if that's in your sport, it's, that's going to be one of the skills sets that we work. Right. But Sprinting in, is probably one of the only exceptions to that. I don't really have a lot of sprinting variation. I'm not a bike sprinter, I guess, a lot. But not that we don't use the low impact stuff. But sprinting is one of those ones where I'm like, everyone sprints. That's probably one of my exceptions. Yeah, because at the end of the day, right, if we look at it, we're like, the people who squat the best are going to be the best basketball players. Well, then I would be the best basketball player on our <laughs> team. And I can tell you with zero hesitation, that I am far from the best basketball player that we yeah. have on the team. 100%. Well, listen, Courtney, let me get you out of here on this. Where can people see more of what you got cooking up there in Eugene and, and keep up with you? Um, I, I, my Instagram, uh, it's Coach Courtney Walden. I think Coach underscore Courtney Walden, maybe. Um, email me, uh, cwalden at uoregon.edu. Um, I'm open to anything. I, ha I have a Twitter, but I don't use Twitter. Instagram is probably best. Um, I'm on there pretty regularly. Um, I love when I, especially during this pandemic, I don't know about you, I've had a lot of like interns call me or people that are just, just want to chat. I love that. So if anyone wants to give a phone call or if you've never come out to um, Oregon for speed school in the summer, which is done by um, Jim Radcliffe here, he is freaking phenomenal man I learned so much the last two summers here with him it's amazing even just to come out and watch a couple sessions um that stuff's really fun so uh if you're interested in that kind of stuff let me know or, or when the pandemic kind of relaxes a little bit and we allow other people into our weight rooms I'd love having people come shadow watch I I'm all about it open open book I don't want it to relax I just wanted to go the frick home like get out yeah but yeah, dude. Like, and, and this is the thing too. If any moment you get a chance to sit down with Coach Rad, like we were lucky to have him here for the better part of a day. And it's just like, one, don't tell me you're passionate about what you do until you sit there and you see Jim Radcliffe talk in a room. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you ain't. Like, there's no way you've got the fire that Jimmy Radcliffe had. And I'm two, watching. yeah. Yeah. And two, like, Again, going back, the simplicity, the direction, and the understanding that he has, like, he's one of the best ever to do it. And if you sit there for 10 minutes or 10 hours, it'll take 10 seconds of it for you to realize, like, yo, this cat is, is, is it. Yeah. You, you talk to him for a little bit, and you, you realize, like, wow, 
am I like, do I not understand sprinting? Like, because I like the first time I was there, I was like, and he, it's so, it, he just has great simple progressions. If you've ever seen him coach this man's, I mean, he's the director of strength and conditioning at Oregon, the most packed schedule. He wants to get as much in as much contact time with athletes as he can. He's always, he's a super mobile, like active guy. He'll, he does the sprinting drills half the time I see him he's climbing up the wall to like fix the clock like this man's wild and he's he's one of the best bosses I've ever worked for he's phenomenal yeah he's he's a stud well listen Courtney I can't thank you enough for your time this is absolutely sensational I uh truly appreciate you spending the time with us today thanks for having me yeah well, we'll be in touch real soon cheers thanks bye